Welcome to our podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. Join us as these neighbors drop by unannounced for conversations that are fun, relevant, and just downright neighborly. 2020 is burning. They're bringing marshmallows, a desire to talk about it, and their mission to laugh now and again, no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where neighbors drop by for some fun, a little bit of banter, a little bit of real life, and uh, let's share all the love and hate that we have for each other, right? Welcome back, Brian. <laughs> Nothing but love. Nothing How but love How are here. you, Philip? Uh, that's right. I am Brian Chambers, and... Uh, and I'm Philip Goffrey, and I'm doing great, man. Thanks yeah, for asking. Thanks. Sorry, I, I, I didn't really introduce you uh, very well, so that's not that's not good on my part. It must be one of those days. It's one of those weeks. Is it one of those weeks? It really is, man. Oh, I've actually had a good week overall. I, I think that there's so much going on, and you can't beat this weather right now. I well, mean, yeah, here for, in Houston, Texas, we're finally getting our version of of fall, which is most people's summer. Right? That's right. So screw you, Northeast, right now. It's our turn. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, sorry. For, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're from the Northeast. There's a Yankee in the room, you know? When's it? Well, okay. Outside of going up to uh, visit Connecticut, you only go back, what, twice a year? Yeah, I never look back. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not from Houston, got here as so fast as I could. What are you complaining that whole thing. about? You've migrated down. It, it's kind of like migrated. Me. I've full on embraced being a Texan <laughs> long ago. When I got here, I was like, oh, this is how it should be. Oh, that's, is that what you said? Pretty much, okay. actually. Yeah, it, w- it was sort of a, with the exception of, of, of Houston traffic and the fact that there's not a hill to be found, I was, uh, I was pretty smitten. I know. Well, this beautiful weather, this, uh, we got great company, and we got a fantastic guest on our show today. But before we get started, we are going to have a word from our sponsor here. Yep, NDK is brought to you by CNG Communications. CNG Communications specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big marketing and media productions at small business prices. If you want to learn more about CNG, you can find them on Facebook at CNG Communications, or you can just email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. So I want to get right into our guest because uh, this is somebody that if you are, even if you're brand new to the podcast, you've already met this person. So (laughs) he is a professional voiceover artist. For over 22 years, he has been a trusted voice for clients raging, raging, ranging from radio and television commercials to corporate industries, station imagining, and even live sporting events, including most notably three nationally televised WNBA and NBA All-Star Games. He's the talented voice you hear when you first tune in to Neighbors Don't Knock and a constant professional and a good friend of ours, Mr. John Paul Stevenson. Gentlemen, how are you today? Oh, man. We are doing fantastic. Thank you, JP, for joining the show. Yeah, much better no, now that course. you're Thanks here. Thanks for having me on. And, and yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah, you say that now. I apologize. <laughs> uh, you're, you, don't, you don't rage very often, so, so, <laughs> so make sure that your, your services are not raging. His customers <laughs> might, It can be. Uh, you know, I've, I've been asked to do weddings and bar mitzvahs. And so, weddings. Yeah. Now there's a rager. Oh, well, oh, yeah. so what do you do for weddings when they ask you to do a wedding? Oh, it's always at the, it's always at the wedding party. 
It's always at the uh, like the after party, like the reception. Oh, you're the and so, oh really? Mm-hmm. And that's that's yep. a good gig though. That, is that a great gig? I guess weddings is a bil- um, billion dollar business. So yeah, you know it, it's the first few times is kind of awkward, but um, yeah, I've had uh, there are a lot of people who, especially when I was still doing the voice for the Rockets, um, people huge Rockets fans are like, hey man, would you introduce a wedding party at the reception like you do with the players at the game? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, you know, I have like, in her third year out of the University of Texas, <laughs> bridesmaid and mother-to-be, Misty. Yeah, That's, that's awesome. awesome. I, I don't think my wife would never have gone for that, but, y- you know, I would have oh, loved to have either. seen. mine either. There's no way. <laughs> no. She's like, crazy. Yeah, my wife would not have signed the certificate if we had done that. She'd be like, uh, we'll have the party, but this is not actually happening now. Interestingly, interestingly enough, the person that m- most often when I'm asked to do a wedding, the person that most often uh, calls and asks me is the bride. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? That makes more sense because I don't think any groom would have the balls to to call up a sports I announcer sure and just be like, dude, I got to have you do my intro. Right. There's <laughs> no way. There's no way I would have asked my wife, hey, I've got this idea. You yeah. know the most special moment of your entire life or what's supposed to be? Uh, let's put a twist on it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the bride-to-be's like, future father-in-law sounds like Kermit the Frog, and he wants to do the announcement, right? And she's like, oh, uh-huh. gosh, I got to call somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. I need a right. professional. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so you, your wife and family have been doing okay, you guys, during this pandemic? Everything's yes. been going pretty well? You know, it's been kind of crazy. I don't think that anybody's gone unscathed in this whole process. You know, we've, we've been following the lead of um, medical professionals and just, you know, staying at home and social distancing. And we wear a mask when we go out. Is it inconvenient? Yes. But you know what? We're happy and we're healthy. And even if the only thing it accomplishes is my own personal peace of mind, then it's great. But yeah, we're fine. We have no complaints. It's we're doing the doing the homeschooling thing right now. I've learned that I am a very not very good. I could see it in your face. You were searching for the compliment. You're like, no, I'm not that bad, but no. No, it's not there. I, I'm just not. I suck great. as a teacher. God bless our <laughs> teachers, man. They don't make enough money. <laughs> no, that, I, that's agree, for sure. I agree with you. But your wife teaches um, or works she in, does. in, in yeah. theater. And she mm-hmm. works as a teacher in theater. And so that's still going uh, strong. They're doing Zoom stuff and things a lot. Yep. Um, well, they're trying to kind of figure out what it looks like because, you know, this is this is unprecedented. We've never... <laughs> <laughs> never had to go through, all right, here, here's what we're going to do. You're going to lock yourself in your house for six months, <laughs> but follow me. We're not done yet. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. There's this year, 2020. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. Um, but you know, so everybody's kind of trying to figure out what it looks like. And, 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 and she's, she's, she's been a trooper for sure. Well, I think that anyone that can keep things going and especially teachers and things like that is should be commended. So we're glad that you guys are doing really well, but you know, for our listeners, they, they hear your voice and we've had people compliment your voice on the show. Like, thank you. They, they have, well, thank you. I mean, it's just, it's tremendous. We practically daily. Yeah. And uh, I kind of sometimes say, Philip, you've got a pretty nice set of pipes there too, man. Well, thank I'd you, like- sir. I appreciate that very much. Well, okay. It's funny now that you say that because we've had numerous conversations about this. Uh, with Philip wanting him to get into some voice work, 
Uh-huh. You know, in fact, we had another guest on that said, man, we got to get him some voice work. And I wholeheartedly agree. You know, so with you guys, you both have kind of deep voices. I feel like the child in the room. Like I <laughs> like I have to man up my voice to try to, to keep up with you guys. But you almost I, I want to have a little I, I want to try this. I just just go with me on this one. I want you guys to okay. see if you well, let's do a little movie trailer. And I want to see, like, who does the best movie trailer. Oh, I guarantee you I know the winner's going to be. I can't do things like that. Well, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll, give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you the scenario, and you just come up with a, with a little, like, two-sentence little movie trailer. How about that? Today on Neighbors Don't Knock Improv. I thought it'd be fun. All right. Well, all right. We'll let our guests go first. Uh, being a professional in the business, um, I, JP, have you ever done before we do this? Have you ever done movie trailers, or because you've done a lot of a lot of voiceover work? You know what? I have not done movie trailers, and I I, I actually um, I reached out to a guy, and I'll say his name, and you have no it, you you won't recognize his name, but if I played you his voice, you wouldn't know it in a in a heartbeat. Guy by the name of John Leader, and John Leader is one of the big renowned voice trailer, you know, movie trailer voices. Maybe not quite like Don LaFontaine was in a world where, you know, but. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're in trouble, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just lost. That was lost. like three seconds. <laughs> I just lost this competition. That's what happened right there. <laughs> so I reached out to him probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago and asked him, I'm like, you know, I really would be interested in doing this. And he said, okay, great. Step one, move to Los Angeles. And I went, okay, thank you. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm out. California theme. state tax. No, thank you. Yeah. So I, I, I just, you know, Philip, like you were talking about earlier, you know, you get to Texas, it's hard to leave Texas. I've lived in other places and Texas, Texas it, is home. It really and I is. I just wasn't man. willing to, Isn't that I just weird? wasn't willing to make that, that, that sacrifice. Right. You and get here. So, like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. You know? Yeah. It's a weird feeling. I mean, you know, we've got our, <laughs> we've got, we're like any family. We've got the crazy uncle. Um, but you know, it's, it's lately, the, it's, lately the crazies are spreading too. There's no, uh, uh-huh. there's no question about it, right? Texas, <laughs> well, Texas it's is getting weirder. Everything's crazy is spreading. So 2020 gonna 2020. So and while you're thinking and what real quick, when you, since we're all talking about voice, like when you get a chance at some point, Google five guys in a limo. And it's like the five and it's old, it's pixelated. The videos quality is horrendous. But it's from a uh, video for one of the film award shows back in the late 80s or early 90s. And it's what were, all at the time, all five of the biggest name voiceover guys for movie trailers. And it's, it's funny. As, as two people who have a background in performance and acting and things like that you 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 will really appreciate it it's it's now on my list uh, we will tonight actually it's about four minutes long it's not long oh yeah tonight we'll- on your list it's bookmarked and waiting to go for me <laughs> right here baby <laughs> so we'll say the both of you are going to have the same scenario so we can measure kind of equally so it's going to be horror is the is the genre okay and it is about two guys who start a podcast. So let it let it sink in. I because I, I I don't want to give too much. I want to just kind of let you guys see what what can happen with it. Cuz I don't have the voice for this. I I really want the So voice. I'm going to preface this by saying this. While I might be a professional voiceover guy, <laughs> 
I am shit when it comes to the creative <laughs> side of things. So what? I am not. No, I no, no. Not, like people hand me a script and go, okay, read this. Yes, I read script. I read good. I'm not like. <laughs> Like, yeah, man. Like, this, this I would have like, no idea even where to start. I love. I just wanted to see what would happen. I think. That, I think it'd be fun. I, and no judgment here. No judgment. And we're not looking for a, a three-minute thing. Just a little, little, little thing, little clip. All right, here we go. Are you guys ready? So I'll, I'll set no, you. But okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me fail English. That's impossible. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, is this my music? <laughs> yeah, that's your intro. That's all you get. I didn't know I was going to have music. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll give it to you again. What did two men do when given a microphone and a laptop? They create a podcast. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> and I've lost. Oh, okay. Okay. So. We're gonna give we're gonna we're gonna give Philip the uh, we're gonna give the other sexy voice on the on the other side of me a, a chance to uh, to add to that. All right, you ready? No, <laughs> not, even, <laughs> not even remotely. Dude, close. If I can pull some random script out of my ass. You can, you can absolutely. All right, here we go. Here we go. Just give it your best shot. When two friends think that starting a podcast will bring them closer together, they find out that one has a deep, dark secret. Sorry, that was the wrong cue. <laughs> and you're a dick. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, was really great. That was good. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. Both you guys. Yeah. That was awesome. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give hat tip to the professional in the room. I think that you win that competition. But thank you for letting me be part of it. That was very fun. No, You're very that, kind. But both, okay. both of you guys, I I applaud. I could not have done any better because I can't get my voice to do that. So it'd be like a little child running around going, "Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be killed." <laughs> you know, so. But I'm gonna say, and this is somebody as somebody who's been working in the industry for, you know, twenty something years now. It's interesting because back in the day, that's what you, everybody pictured, you know, was the guy with the big deep voice. And, right. You know. mm -hmm, yeah. But actually, if you think about, you know, what sells in, you know, with social media and all that stuff, the thing that I run into often when auditioning for stuff, more often than not, people are looking for that everyday guy next door kind of person. So it, for anything, it's actually become a little more difficult uh, because I've had to actually change my delivery style and things like that because people aren't looking for the, you know, the, mascul unless you're, the masculine. Right. Unless you're selling to... cars or you're doing tractor pulls or stuff like that. You know, people really aren't interested in the guy with the big, Deep voice. <laughs> do you think that do you think that that was driven um do you think it was driven by how how we're sort of like constantly absorbing celebrities voices now and in, in you know endless interviews and endless podcasts and endless uh sort of like bantering snl outtake kind of moments in their lives and they all sound like normal people or do you think it's just because people just got burned I, I, out i think well i mean if you go back and if you just look at ads from the 1950s 
brand new for 1954, the Chevy Bel Air. You know, I mean, it's just like this very polished version right. with hydromatic transmission, you know, and just <laughs> stuff like that. And, and that's just not the way people really talk. And so I think that as technology has advanced and it's become easier for people to have podcasts and, 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 and the technology, like when I first started doing voiceover stuff in the 90s, um, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to have a studio, but I priced it out. And for me to be able to have a studio, it was going to run around $13,000. Well, now, if you got a laptop, you can go down to Guitar Center and buy a $90 USB mixer, and uh, or, or you don't even have to have a mixer. You can just get like a, a USB microphone, and you can have a recording studio for less than 100 bucks. Right. And yeah. so because everybody has, has, has a platform now, that doesn't really cut through anymore people like the i mean think about you know the conversation like we're not sitting around talking like this all the time <laughs> right exactly cheapers um, guys <laughs> and so people real right i don't know why i go back to cells. the 50s <laughs> it just does real cells so it's it's just interesting it's there's there's been a seismic evolution in what the industry looks it's like true. For sure. it's okay so brian you can go for your voice but, hmm, brian chambers here hey, I'm, I, I get i'm not well okay anyone who listens to the podcast or knows me i'm not great at impressions at all i create characters and i will have and i love your characters by the way like i had so much fun working on and i know we'll get to war of the words later on but that was so much fun to work on, and like your voices are your are fantastic. They really are. That was I, well. I'm trying to get Philip to to do that one because the word there's the the Halloween uh, story. Yeah, I can't wait to work up, on that, which one. is going to be a lot of fun. So, well, let's jump into it right now. Actually, why not? Um, so, JP was how. Let's talk about your involvement in this because there was mm -hmm. this project called War of the Words. For those of you that aren't aware of that, you can um, you can go to conemanrunning.com. Uh, they are the ones that produced it, and basically it is a series of audio plays. They get actors that are drawn from a hat. Sometimes they get to pick their actors. I've only been in a couple of the, the sessions where apparently I got picked last, which was... <laughs> I think the comment was, oh, Brian, I'll take him. You're <laughs> 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 like the kid on the court and dodge. That's all yeah, I heard, but okay. <laughs> but um, no, it was fantastic. But JP, what was your involvement specifically, or how did you get roped into being involved in the project? So I've known Christine for a long, long, long time. Um, because I was president at Queensbury Theater, um, and, and they, uh, Coleman, running had utilized our space um, a couple of times. But my, what really got me in theater and involved in theater in the first place was I love doing sound design, like sound design. You, it's, it's amazing how you can take a script and you can have two actors sitting in a chair on stage and they can act beautifully, but adding sound adds just like a whole other texture to the storytelling. And I've always been really fascinated with that process. And as somebody who worked in radio production for almost 30 years, um, sound design was just something that I kind of came naturally to me. I love doing it and helping to, you know, paint the canvas as it were. It was the first theatrical organization that I'm aware of that really kind of said, okay, we can't get everybody together in a room. How are we still gonna make art happen? And that was really kind of the genesis of everything. And so Christine and Renata Smith 
um, were kind of the two people that were really spearheading it. And I, Christine called me up one day and she's like, Hey, would you be interested in kind of helping us out with this? And I'm like, absolutely. I would. Um, Cause I was sitting at home, didn't have anything else. To do. Uh, <laughs> Thank you me, so let much me, for let calling. Let me check my schedule. Because yeah, you want to, you want to. <laughs> here's what happened. Here's exactly what happened. I was lined up on deck to work the NCAA tournament at Toyota Center. Oh, I was wow. gonna be working. Wow. I was I was working the Sweet Sixteen. I was doing the Elite Eight, and. That didn't happen. Wow, that's a, so, that's a crushing blow, actually. Yeah. Wow. Right. I think it was the South Regional. Yeah, the South Regional. Okay. So you go still, back and look. There was going to be some good teams. Yeah, still. Wow. Um, But, yeah, so I didn't have anything going on. Um, And so I said, sure, you know, no problem. I'd love to help out. Uh, that's actually what got me involved in theater in the first place. Uh, even with Queensbury Theater, going back to... Um, when it was still Country Playhouse, I volunteered at the theater and I did sound design for a, a show. Actually, that's where and, that's where we met. Actually, you knew yep. my you knew my wife before I. Yep. It's really funny. My wife knows everyone that I know before I know them. <laughs> it, she it, she it's met the same way with my wife. Is it? She met Philip's wife before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before and she knew that. <laughs> it's true. I had to process that for a second, but yeah. The same thing. Same thing with Jamie. She's like, oh. Anytime yeah. I meet somebody, they're like, oh, you, you know, it's it's so funny. Your last name is the name, same as the person, this person that I know named Corey. I'm like, yeah, it's my wife. You made me think of a story that I'll interrupt you with very quickly. When I was a teenager, I had some friends in New Canaan, Connecticut that used to volunteer at um, this place called Waveney Park in New Canaan, Connecticut has uh, the Waveney Playhouse, and they do like a summer stock theater type deal mm -hmm. there every year. It's one of the old converted uh, old carriage barns. It's really neat. Movie houses? Yeah, it's way cool. Oh, okay. not movie house. It's actually an old carriage barn that they turn, they turn into a theater. It's really cool. Um, gotcha. But, but they needed somebody to come uh, quickly stand in and help out with some lighting for this production. They called me up like, dude, you, you've done some acting in high school. Like, come, come help us with the lighting. We need help. So you automatically know lighting. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> like, Fuck, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. That's, Just come on. We'll figure it out. Right. So I've driven a car before, right? right? So I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can so, fly a plane. Yeah, it's still transportation. <laughs> We're not going to Mars, just the moon. Um, no. So I, uh, so I show up and they give me this cue sheet, and the director was running around, and I was very, very nervous. I'm like, I don't know, I'm gonna mess up the lighting. You know, I, I've got a cue sheet. Okay, I guess I'll figure this out. And she looked at me and she goes, "Hey, listen, you're gonna be fine, as long as we sound good. It's okay <laughs> if we miss a lighting cue here and there." Right, so, as long as you can't see the actors on stage, dude. I had, but you can hear them. Fine. We're all good. I hadn't thought about <laughs> Nothing that. Could go wrong. Yeah, we, but when you were bringing up uh, sound design and theater, that whole memory just came flooding back. And it's just, as long as we sound good, we can miss a lighting cue. I, like, oh, I, I, I will say I have tremendous respect for anybody uh, that designs shows, especially whether film, TV. I mean, theater specifically. Um, in this case because I am more involved with, with uh, more theater productions. But the things that, the elements that go into those productions that make a show, yes, the acting is important, the script, everything, but it, it has to come together. It's got to be a melting pot. It's a collective. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you're one of those people out there, I tip my hat to you guys. Congratulations. And my, I just want to say, you're absolutely right. Yes, 110%. It is a collective. The actors, and like, that's they're amazing. If it's not for the people behind the scenes, they, 
the, the show just doesn't happen. It's a group effort. There are so many out of work people right now in that industry. It is just mind boggling. Like from a sports perspective, if you think about all of the camera people, spot ops, uh, soundboard operators, master control people, like it, Toyota Center alone, concession people, ushers, like the people, there's so many people that are out of work right now. It's just like, well, do, do, those, do you think our government even realizes it? I mean, do you think our government really even realizes how? You know, I know they think. To me, it feels like it, they think of the one percent or something when it comes to the entertainment industry about oh they'll be fine type of thing. I, I don't think their process goes that deep and realizes how many cities and states and just the economy in general like with it, it affects. Because entertainment, yeah. Is for every Matthew McConaughey that's making that kind of money, you've got five thousand guys, and men and women that are working like camera, spot op, yeah, sound. So you know. I mean, I'm with you. I, I really hope that that we start figuring out a way to get things, uh, you know, back and and allow. And, and I applaud a lot of the theaters, even here in in town. They've been doing a very innovative things, creative things, trying to. Mm -hmm. But but uh, but your point to your point, it's. You're right. It's still not to where it needs to be. It's still not. It's, and, and the thing is, is that those people, most of those people aren't full-time employees. Like if you're a camera operator, you're not a full-time employee. You're freelance. Right. It's the, it's yeah. you, when you, when you hear people talk about the gig economy, that's the gig economy. And so, you know, we'll see. I don't know, but I'm, I'm my, my brothers and sisters in that industry are really hurting right now. No doubt, man. I'm, I'm a bit of a, chest thumper with it too i think we need to get back to work right now that's my mm -hmm. we can't take any more of this i understand the risk i understand the danger but we need to get these people back behind those cameras back slinging the concessions in the sporting arenas otherwise they're never coming back right we're at that critical point right now where you can't feed your family anymore. You start doing some pretty drastic things. You start making some decisions that you can't come back from. You can't go like start working from Amazon and tell the guy who's going to hire you that you're quitting the, the very day that the Toyota Center opens back up. They're not going right. to hire you, right? And they're going to see right through it. These are tough decisions that people are making. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, you, you talked about, you know, none of us had gotten through this unscathed earlier. And I agree with you 100%. There was a, very early in the pandemic, maybe two or three months in, a dear friend of mine um, was on the phone with me and he said, you know, Phil, I wonder if people realize that we are truly going through a trauma together as a society right now. And yeah. I hadn't really thought of it that way, right? I'm in oil and gas. I'm an essential worker, quote unquote. So I was working every day. I hadn't really thought of the fact that we really are sharing this trauma and we're going to see repercussions for years, right? If we all start working tomorrow, if they just open everything up, if they have the, a, a cure, oh my gosh, okay, great. We will see the ripples of this for years to come. It, it's mm -hmm. time to get back to work. But that, that, that's, my, that's my little soapbox. No, I, I, I think that's uh, well said, well said, and something that needs to be constantly uh, reminded. Um, but jumping back a little bit, jumping back to the War of the Words, how many recordings, how many play, audio plays was that? Because I didn't listen to every single oh, one of my them. Gosh. I, I tried to listen um, to a bunch, but it's a lot of well, recordings. We had forty something episodes. Hang on, I'm looking at the 
Yeah, when you guys were posting up on Facebook about it, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on here right now. And yeah. There so, was, I think, 44 episodes is what I think and we so were up. And if you think that there were two shows episode. for every episode, right. So, And then, of course, there were, like, bonus episodes because there were mm -hmm. some bonus episodes. Yeah, there were some bonus so, episodes that only had one show. Probably well over 100, 100 audio plays. Would that be a safe? I'd say it was probably in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Oh, 70s, Okay. So still, that's that's a lot. And do you ever? Does your brain ever just kind of just melt together and just be like, I I don't know. I'm just on autopilot. Like I know what uh -huh. I'm doing. And yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Was there anything memorable that stood out to you, or have you ever specifically had a character or a voice or something that you've used that you heard from somewhere that you that you kind of made your own? I don't think so. No, because so often what I, what I do professionally is, you know, I have probably 20 or 30 different clients. Um, and they're always, everybody is always looking for something very specific. Um, and most of what I do professionally is again, the big voice football selling Ford trucks kind of thing. This, and this is why I continue to do uh, theater. Uh, and work with nonprofits because that's where I really get to kind of scratch that creative itch because I don't get to do that a whole lot with what I do professionally. Like I don't do a whole lot of voice acting in my professional world. It's, yeah. That was my next question, right? Like, have you ever been approached to do any kind of an animated project or, uh, you or know? have, or had a desire to do one? I've done anime. As a matter of fact, oh, okay. there used to be, uh, there used to be, from what I understand, and I, I'm, I got to Houston in 2006. Um, and from what I understand, at one point, there was a pretty robust anime voiceover culture. 90% of that anime stuff is created in um, Japan and places like that. And then what they would do is these production houses here would take it and they would trans uh, transcribe the scripts and translate it. And then they would have uh, English American voice actors overlay the English uh, voiceovers. And a lot of that happened here in Houston. So I actually got the opportunity, but I was always like the narrator. You know, I never, <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. got to be, Damn, I never got guessing. to be one of the, you're yeah. never the guy with the spiky blue hair who's like no. throwing fireballs out of his hands. I never had a sword. I never had a throwing star. I never got to kill dragons. Damn it. You I never did always... that long scream they always do, right? They're flying through the, the air. No. The background's going, you know? No, sadly, I wish. Well, do you um, do impressions at all? Or, I mean, I know you have your own thing, but do you actually do impressions or are really great impressions? Um, I can, not really. There's not a whole lot of impressions that I do. I can do uh, Stewie from Family Guy. Um, and I can see that. I, I can see that. I too. can see the good would, Stewie would you, voice. Would you grace us with a little Stewie? That would be all. I love Family Guy. So, Brian, how's that book deal coming along for you? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> friends become enemies, enemies become friends. And no, I didn't think so, Brian. That is that's awesome. perfection. That's fantastic. That's well fantastic. done, sir. Well done. That is perfection. Thanks. Yeah, that, no, I that's love. great. That's great. No, I always I always defer to Philip on when, when impressions come up on the on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, but the sad thing is yeah, I don't I don't really do impressions. impressions, right? I impersonate people that I've known throughout my life impersonating famous people. <laughs> so it's horrible. Well, right? I totally get that. And I can do that. So I can do impressions of people that I know and friends, but I can't do any impressions of anybody that anybody else would know. Right. Like famous people, 
Like if you were to ask me to do a like, you know, oh, do do George Bush. Well, I could do Dana Carvey doing George Bush. <laughs> yeah, you're Frank Caliendo or somebody. I could, right? right, I could do that, but it it, it it it's like. <laughs> It's like back in the day when you would record something off of a cassette and then you'd record it from cassette to cassette and then next to cassette to cassette. And by, you know, fourth copy, it just is unintelligible shit. It doesn't even make any <laughs> yeah. sense. That's my impression. I was living up in Ithaca, New York in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I had this friend named Andy who did a really fun Christopher Walken. And one night I was out. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. One night I was out with a different group of people and, uh, and I dropped like a Christopher Walken line. And this guy turns to me and he goes, wow. That was a really good Andy doing walking. <laughs> like son of a bitch, he caught me. You know. While I may not be good, I'd like I I do love dialects. Like dialects are fun. There's, me too. That, I'm with you. That's 100%. one thing that I do enjoy. Yep. Do I? I'm I'm shit when it comes to impressions. Now I but, have heard you do. I heard you in an interview that you did an interview uh, in Memphis when you uh, went back with the Memphis Grizzlies for their announcer. Mm -hmm. They had uh, an interview that you did, and you actually did a British accent during the interview. Mm -hmm. I actually heard that was it was a really good accent too. I was actually really impressed. Thanks. Um, and I think you were, you were so the the woman that was interviewing you was so taken. It, that was my favorite part. That all of a sudden <laughs> she wasn't expecting you to do that, and all of a sudden you started talking in a British accent <laughs> because you know he, you're the the announcer guy that and now the starting line, and all of a sudden you started British accent, and she was like, "Oh, you do other things, <laughs> right? You're not just a one trick pony." <laughs> she just melts. You're like, "Actually, I'm married." <laughs> right. We used to do that whenever I was a kid, though, because I was in, I was really big into band. I was a band geek, so we would go on band trips and things like that. And we'd stopped, you know, in the, in the middle of nowhere, you know, so that all 250 of us could get a hamburger at McDonald's or something. And we'd walk in and this was like, in I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore. And we'd walk in. Um, I think I'd look the, um, uh, can I get the Big Mac with cheese? And no mustard. I'm not a fan of mustard at all. Um, I'll have the chips. I think you call them fries here. Um, and then uh, large soda, please. Maybe the Dr. Pepper. Where are you from? <laughs> Woman at Waterburger is just like, what? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we used so, to love doing. We we had so much fun doing that. It's it's fun. As a matter of fact, the first time I ever went to the UK, we were at a we were at a wedding, um, in the UK, and <laughs> some and one of the guys was like, I understand you do British accents, and I'm like, <laughs> why yes I do. And he's like, oh bloody hell, that's fantastic, man. Where did you learn how to do that? Oh, there's this man back in the states. His name's Jim Johnson, University of Houston. Bloody brilliant. Oh. Fantastic. I say, mate, you're more British than I am. Well, <laughs> I yeah, feel I like I was in a, an episode of Downton Abbey for a moment. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so recently it occurred to me, um, well, something that did not occur to me, I cannot do a British accent to save my life. I've tried over the years. I, for whatever reason, I just can't. I can't get it. But my, my daughter um, over the years has watched this television show called Peppa Pig. Oh and yes! Oh, you're, you're I know. Familiar I, with Peppa I, I know. Pig. Very, Very familiar, familiar with, familiar with Peppa, Pig. Peppa Pig. And there's another one with the same uh, voiceover actors for sure. That's like a, a no, like a like a fairies and um, and elves show. But uh, it occurred to me that if I ever did sit down and seriously try to polish up my British accent, the way to sell it is to always ask a question on top of your yes. question. 
right? Well, that's quite awful, isn't it? Right? They all <laughs> they always follow up with the isn't it, and like that's how you would sell it, right? If you're ever if you're ever back in the UK and you're hanging out and you have to sell it, he's quite an idiot, isn't he? You know. <laughs> It's a good point. It is a good and point. And it's interesting how you notice little stuff about that. Like, like one of the things that we took away from, um, from, from when we went to the UK is that they tend to end things on more of a, you know, like we the go, note. I'm going to the store. I'm going to the store. You know, we're down like that. <laughs> and then, but, but the UK, you know, cause we're Americans is like, Bleh. um, but the Brits are like fancy a pint. It's true. Well, yes, I would very much fancy a, a pint. pint. That sounds fantastic. I'd, I'd like to fancy two pints. <laughs> yeah, many pints. <laughs> so many pints. All of the pints. All of the pints. Actually, and actually, the British do fancy all of the pints. They do. They do. But funny enough that you brought up Peppa Pig because I, you know, because I don't have, I don't have kids, and I, you know, I've been, I've taught students, and, and I've heard of it, but it, we were in a dressing room doing a show, and one of the actors that I was doing the show with said, Hey, you have to watch this video. And it was a Peppa, the pig a video. Pig. It was the Peppa pig video. <laughs> That's an odd one. It, it Usually was. it's like <laughs> pornography. <laughs> Dude, you have to see this. Got, it was, it was just like, <laughs> you got to see this. And so I was like, okay. And I'm watching this. And it was the, it was a whole little bit where she's calling her friends and going, do you know how to whistle? How do you whistle? And, and like, she's like calling and you're like, like this. You know, and then the other person's like, "Well, you just put your lips together and blow," and he couldn't, and she couldn't do it until she, until he goes like this, and then she whistles, and they're on the phone. And the next thing you hear is click, like <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and I was, I was like, it was pretty funny, right. but I'm like, oh, that that show teaches kids to judge people. Right. That whistle bad. was quite loud, wasn't it? <laughs> click, you know. Wow, that you're not very good at that. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. So actually, I, I do know that exact episode. You know what I'm talking about? Because okay. my daughter was heartbroken. I've seen that episode. My daughter turns to me heartbroken during the episode. She goes, "Daddy, I, I, I still can't whistle." I was like, "I know, honey. It's okay. <laughs> You'll get it. Peppa. Don't You'll call Peppa. Don't call Peppa. She'll hang up right. on you." I love that, Daddy Pig. Oh, by the way, we're having puppets. pork chops for dinner tonight. Oh, there you go. Bacon for breakfast. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> That's where they come from. Tell, That's when they come tell from. Tell your kids that Peppa's dead. <laughs> JP, I just want to ask you a couple couple things before you go. Um, you've had a highlighted career. And, and again, first of all, thank you for taking time to, to spend. No, absolutely. Anytime, man. To Hopefully it won't be the last. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to have you back. Um, and we'd love to have your voice on, on season two. So keep that in mind. We'll, we'll, Done. Awesome. That's Ooh, fantastic. I like it. You heard it here. Um, but okay. So in your career that you've had and a successful career that it's continuing to be successful and we hope for good things for you. Have you ever? I would have had a very different answer in March or April. <laughs> Indeed. But have you ever had, like, have you ever had the urge to to drop mic and just speak your mind and be like one of those? Let's go viral with something. So you mean like standing center court, Toyota Center in front of eighteen thousand people prior to Game Six of the Western Conference Finals type thing? Uh, I would tune in to watch that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I've never had the urge. <laughs> Never, I, I, never had the urge. I'd say that. I'd like, like, uh, no, why? No, I just, I, you and, know, and you know why? Because standing center court before Game Six, no, it was Game Seven, uh, in front of eighteen thousand people trying to get a hot crowd, crowd hyped up, is the most humbling, fucking nerve wracking thing you've. Like, I was just like having somebody stand in front of you and go. 
And for those of you that were that couldn't see that, he was counting down from oh, yeah, five, sorry, five, three, two, that's, one. That's that moment where you realize why every single hair band did heavy drugs, right, throughout the whole deal. Because you're in front of that many people. You just go, I, I need methamphetamines like this is i mean you're already amped up before it's it's well that that because that, that's what they have you do right you're, you're there right pre-game to get get the crowd going right right okay oh right. i thought you meant the methamphetamines <laughs> <laughs> that's what they have you do right maybe, maybe that's why well. i was so edgy i <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, no no not I, yet i not really yet. connected <laughs> the dots that makes perfect sense it's all so clear to me now <laughs> Well, what what is the one thing in your career that you feel that you haven't accomplished that you'd love to see happen? Hmm. Ooh, a career bucket list question. Yeah, I'd always like to to throw one of those out. I don't I don't know. You know, if I I think if I were to step away from it right now, I'd probably just do something completely totally different. I don't know. I don't and know you'd what be you'd be. be okay with that. And I think I would be okay with it, you know, because I have seen and done and had the incredible fortune to do some amazing things in my career you know he did the intro voice for neighbors don't knock it's like what's left yeah you know? right well season, so, no season two. Oh, that's right season two's <laughs> season left right. next. and hopefully so, season you know, three I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done you know i've hung out with because working in radio i've hung out with lady gaga aerosmith you know like all the ed sheeran is who's lovely by the way um I mean, I, I, I assume Ed's lovely. Uh, he hasn't called me ever, so. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's just like you work, when you work in that industry, it just kind of that, you that there's a lot of overlap. And you get to, you know, sometimes you're fortunate and that kind of stuff happens. And so I've seen behind the curtain and it's cool. Um, but the, the, the shine wears off real quick um, because it's still a business. And so. Indeed. You know, when you're yeah, when you're absolutely. behind the scenes, when you're behind the scenes at a concert, everybody's like, oh, can you get me backstage? You're, you're working. That's fucking place you want to be. Yeah. It's a shit show backstage. You do not want to be there. And so, like, it's it. as a matter of fact, you know, I tell people all the time, like, it's the worst possible place to try and enjoy a show or be a part of it because you can't hear, you can't see, you can't. It's not the party you think it is. Um, no, and stress so, levels are all set to eleven. Right, right. and everyone's got their own job. They got to be t- their agenda. Yeah. Right, you know. So, you know, I'm 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 much more into how can I help my community, and what can I do to you know just bring light and and, and enjoyment to people in some form or fashion. Well, is there Go any ahead. project you mentioned uh, working in the community? Is there any projects or charities that you hold close to your heart or that you guys are involved with? I don't have anything in the fire right now. I'm enjoying, a, I'm very much enjoying being a dad uh, and spending a lot of time with my kids. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that you are because, I mean, you are a phenomenal person. We, we, we love you. Thanks. And I'm, I'm, if I was your kid, I would be like, Daddy, do the voice. Daddy, do the voice all the time. <laughs> no, my family, because my fam- they hear it all the time. So they're like, Daddy, shut up. <laughs> yeah, you're announcing mac and cheese. They're like, look, Dad. Right. Yeah. It doesn't say it, it, like I've, and I, my wife and I talk, Corey, talk, we talk about this all the time. I'm so worried that they're going to have such a skewed view of what reality is whenever they get like a little bit older. Cause you know, every morning daddy's in the office and he's going, come on down to Gotten Ford, get a brand new Ford F-150 for just fifty nine nine ninety five. <laughs> and that's not what everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> 
we can't thank you enough for taking time out. Oh, indeed, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've done for the show so far. And, and you no, are uh, absolutely. Welcome I'm happy to here. help out. Anytime you want to come on, we've got a guest spot for you, please. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. You know, radio's changed so much and it's so different now with the advent of technology. You know, a lot of these radio companies are downsizing and there's an incredible amount of people that are incredibly talented that are in the, out of a out of work right now because, you know, well, do you think just, that do you think that there's some, you know, light at the end of the tunnel for younger people that want to get into into voice work and radio and broadcasting? Do you think that absolutely. this is all going to Absolutely, I do. Radio may have a much smaller footprint as far as like staffing is concerned, not necessarily its, its its actual reach. Although that may not be where a lot of people naturally gravitate to, there is still a lot of other opportunities because of the advent of technology that have come along, which have opened up other areas for people to uh, kind of get involved. So absolutely, I think that if anybody who's interested in that, um, if anything, it's become easier. Now that makes it more challenging for people like me. Uh, you know, we have to make sure that we're really on top of our game and that we're, you know, putting the best stuff forward. Um, but I think that that's a good thing. You know, more people in the marketplace makes it more creative, which means that I got to keep my A game on, you know? So yeah, I, I hear that. And and I didn't have, because it was so competitive whenever I first got into the industry, there weren't a lot of people who said, hey, let me mentor you and give you some career advice. Um, and I, not that that's bad. I understand it was competitive, but I am happy to be that kind of person because there's plenty of work to go around. Um, so I enjoy mentoring and coaching and giving people advice and helping people along that career path because it just makes me, I enjoy it. Oh, good know? for you, man. That's long been a measure for me. I think that we should all be striving to lift each other up. So Exactly. And if you guys are listening and you have been thinking about getting into voiceover and you want to are looking for a coach or someone or services for, you know, a voice or anything you can contact. Uh, is it, it's John Paul Stevenson productions. Did I get that right? Stevenson productions. Yeah, Stevens you can just go to J JP's voice.com. It's jpsvoice.com. jpsvoice.com uh, for all the information that you're going to be. And this is a guy we love to death. He's also someone that the vice president of entertainment for the Dallas Mavericks quoted whenever you need, however you need it, whenever you need it, He's there to deliver. Always a professional. He puts his customers and needs first and never disappoints. And I can't agree more with that statement. So Thanks, man. I appreciate it. JP, thank you so much for joining us. Philip, Anytime. My, I mean, I'm looking at my glass. It's, it's a little empty right now. I'm due for a refill. I I'm due JP for a refill too. as well. Uh, JP, you look like you're due for a refill. But yep. if you guys want to hear more episodes, go to social media. Check us out on... Spotify, all the social, uh, Apple Podcasts, we're out there. Or go to www.neighborsdon'tknock.com for more content. Get some great merch. And we'll Fly see you guys. Fly our colors. Hats, mugs. That's right. Shirts. Soon to come leggings, right? <laughs> Soon to come leggings. Wow. I know. Oh, yeah. Don't knock. All leggings. right. We'll I see you guys see next Friday. <laughs> Peace. Out.